Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Justin Adams TV. Of course, Justin, uh, news and sports anchor over at Channel 4. My Twitter handle, at Eric Goodman. Mace is on vacation for the rest of the week, and Justin will be filling in for the rest of the week. In the meantime, Sasquatch Wildcard Casinos giving away a large model RC-104 Starfighter. It's a really cool remote-controlled jet. you got to see this to believe it if you don't want it. No problem. They're going to give you $28,000 in cash instead. That sounds good, doesn't it? Grand prize drawings, March 26th and 27th. While you're up there, uh, you can be part of that amazing giveaway. They have daily cash drawings, really loose slots, and a sports book as well. Sasquatch and Wildcard, a family-owned casino that treats you like family. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. CBS Sports' Cody Benjamin wrote an article titled, Five Teams Poised to Take a Big Leap This Upcoming Season in 2022. Five teams, starting with number one, are the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Vikings. This is what Benjamin writes about the Broncos. This is assuming they actually upgrade a quarterback. In addition, like Jimmy Garoppolo would raise the floor from Teddy Bridgewater, but only slightly. A rookie like Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett would raise the ceiling. But a veteran like Rodgers, Wilson, Deshaun Watson would change the whole picture. They play in a tough division, but the Raiders could be due for regression as they transition staffs and Denver chock full of cash already boasts a solid run game, receiving core, and defense. I'm going to take exception with what he said right there, that the Raiders could be due for a regression. I'm not arguing that's not true, but they have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They have Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. Their defense is more than pretty good. Um, and Josh McDaniels, if he has figured out his personal problems, uh, I believe the Broncos have a brand new coaching staff as well. Yes. Just like the Raiders have a brand new coaching staff. Now, I believe more in George Payton than I do with whoever their GM is. And Nathaniel Hackett and, you know, Josh McDaniels, who's a stronger defensive mind. I'm sorry, but the history suggests Josh McDaniels. Now, as far as motivating players, setting the right culture in the building, I'll go with Hackett all day. Mm-hmm. All day. So both teams have new coaching staffs. But to Benjamin's point, the Broncos are chock full of cash, and they do have a solid run game. The receiving core is good. Their defense is good, and they have lots of draft picks. Mm -hmm. That's more on George Payton than it is the new coaching staff. Yes. With all the capital that they have that they can use. With that, let's say... Rodgers doesn't. Well, let me ask you. Do you believe Rodgers is going to happen? I do. You do? I do. Why? Um, everything's pointing in that direction. Um, I believe that it's a PR move being made by Green Bay. Saying I keep that hearing that all the time. Do you really believe that? I do. I, I, you know, I, I look around, and I'm just the way that it came out, right? When do you want information to come out? If you want information to come out, on what day do you have that happen? You have that happen the morning of the Super Bowl because everybody's looking at that. So you want everybody to look around. You want all the analysts, the insiders in the NFL to say, 
They've tried. We're trying everything we can. By the way, by the way, I was told by a very good source a week before the offer was over $50 million a season. I, I know you can be very creative with the cap. But how, and you can go New Orleans Saints and literally mortgage the future and be $73 million over the cap like they are right now or something in that neighborhood. But honestly, yeah, you could probably bring back Devontae Adams, but how much are you losing? And you're asking every single guy, not every single guy, you're asking any guy making north of 8 to $10 million a year to restructure for a guy knowing that you just got knocked out in your first playoff game. And you know he's most likely, well, no, you know he's going to leave if he does come back next year because he'll be a free agent. Andrew and I had this conversation. I'll be curious to know what you think. And Danny was a part of this as well. What do you think the Packers will want from the Broncos, realistically? Two first. This year's first. Next year's first. Mm -hmm. Take a second. Yep. I don't know why a fifth is like ringing in my head. Okay. But maybe a fifth and then a player, which is a lot. Who? Who? Jerry Judy. Okay. I think they're going to want more than that. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So let's say it's two firsts, two seconds, a fifth, and Judy. Are you doing the deal? Yes. Okay. Is there a breaking point for you where you say, no way? Three first. You're not doing it for three, three first, first, two second fifth or whatever in a player. So you're good with Garoppolo then. You're not willing to give up three firsts. Remember what you're saying, because when the season begins and you got Garoppolo or a rookie that you're unsure of, and you could have had Aaron Rodgers, I don't think you're going to be very happy on the opening kickoff. But would, but would George Payton be a guy to say for the next three seasons, you're going to miss out on your first round pick? Guaranteed the next three seasons, you won't have a first round pick, nor George Payton like we know him. Well, do you think he really would do that? Well, I'll tell you. For the majority of John Elway's career, not having a first or a second round pick wouldn't have been that big of a deal because he wasn't very good in the first or the second True. round. Okay, if we're being completely honest. True. But if you are George Payton, there's another way to spin it in your own head as you are getting ready for bed. I am so detail oriented. And I am so thorough with the draft, I know I can get guys in the third, fourth, and fifth round. And I can make trades to maybe give me another second that I'm missing out on. Maybe. Here and there. Well, I mean, look, for, okay. Give me, give me mm-hmm. three or four guys, it could be more, it could be less, that you looked at on the Broncos roster who were rookies, that they made impactful plays that gives you hope these guys could be players in the league. I didn't, I'm not saying starters. I'm okay. saying impactful guys. I'll give you an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love this guy. Right. Dalton Reiser is a starter. He's not impactful. Agreed. Agreed. Cap, I'm with so, you. Agreed. So, Agreed. Tell me on this roster who you think are impactful, potentially. And I know it's only one, it's only one season. Well, Javante Williams, obviously. Right, yep. so that that's an easy one. Javante Williams is one. Pat Sertan, Pat Sertan, easy. Quinn Miners, I think is what round was he in? Dude, he he was third round. Okay, third round there you now, go. Okay, good. Now, um, now 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 we're making progress I, here. I, I'll give you another one. I think Caden Stearns is going to be 
Very, very Fifth good. round pick. Right. Baron Browning, mm-hmm. third round. Jonathan Cooper, seventh, seventh round. Seventh round. So maybe if you're George Payton, you're trying to convince yourself, yeah, I want a first round pick. I want a second round pick. Heck, I want my third round pick. Shoot, Miners and Browning were both third round picks, right? But remember, the Broncos have a pair of second rounds this year. Right. And a pair of second rounds next year. Right. And they are not going to give up all of that. They'll spread it out. So somehow. they're going to keep keep a second. No matter what, they're keeping a second one way or the other. Right, and they're probably keeping a third. Okay. So they're giving up a two firsts, two seconds, how, however it works out. Two firsts, three firsts, whatever. The point is, if he feels, I feel good enough about the way I draft and I can get, and I can get guys late that I still think would be impactful and I have Aaron Rodgers, I might pull that trigger. I still might give up three first-round picks. Man, I'm, I just, but my only thing is that, and I, look, i just never seen this before. But you have a quarterback who played two, maybe three years left at his career, right? That's where I was going to go next. And so if you're going to give up a quarterback or give up three first-round picks for right. a quarterback who's only going to play two years, you are essentially saying that the last year where you are hoping to have this quarterback or the last year where you should be picking a quarterback, you're not going to have that pick available. I, I will say something that might sound stunning to you. Okay. I don't give up really anything. If I know Aaron Rodgers is only playing two years. Yes. That's not stunning. Yes. If you're telling yes. me if you're telling me you're playing three years, yeah, I'll give up a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. Two years, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, granted, you look at Peyton Manning. Uh, he got to a Super Bowl in his second year, right? Should have been in a Super Bowl his first year, too. And that was arguably the best team. Yes. By the way, I, I see a narrative yes. on Twitter, and, and, and I'm shaking my head thinking, this circular logic doesn't make any sense to me. And the the narrative is Aaron Rodgers should want to leave Green Bay because look at Tom Brady. He <laughs> left New England, won a Super Bowl with Tampa. Look at Matthew Stafford. He was in Detroit, left, and won a right. Super Bowl. What makes you think that the third time is going to be a charm and this is suddenly going to happen to Aaron Rodgers in a conference that has Mahomes, and Al- I mean, you got to get through the buzzsaw that is the AFC. The AFC, with the depth of talent they have at quarterback, is the equivalent of the great defenses in the NFC in the 1980s. The Bears, yes. the Niners, the Redskins, yep. and the Giants. Yep. And they were all great. All of them were great. But but here's my issue with that, too. And, Joe, by the way, those teams I named, how many of those teams had a Hall of Fame quarterback? None. One. Wait, go go back. Go Montana. Back, go back. Yeah, Montana. That's, That's it. it. Bill Sims, no. Hostetler, yep. no. Jim yep. McMahon, no. Uh, who, uh, Doug Williams? No. The greatest quote of all time. You might be a little young for this, but um, somebody at the Super Bowl said to him, how does it feel to be a black quarterback? <laughs> To which he said, I've been a black quarterback my entire life. I remember that. You do? I, 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 look, I remember that as of doing research. You should learn. Right? You should lose your press pass for that question. Right. Immediately. But there's been worse questions out there. Yes. I, but I'll put this, put it this way. If the Broncos are going to make a move and Aaron Rodgers is telling you that he's only going to play going to play two years. I, would, have to, I, I don't know if I'd make a deal. You can't give up all that capital. I'd give, but, up, I'd give up a first round and a couple of twos. I, I would That's give, it. I, I would actually give up two first rounders. For I'm, two I'm years? Fi- I'm fine with that. I wouldn't. Would I, you, Danny? 
Absolutely. For just two, knowing he's only going to play two yep. years. You're trying to win championships. Well, You're not going to do that okay. with a rookie or a second-year quarterback anyway. Tom Brady with Tampa made them relevant immediately. Super Bowl. I'm with you. Second second round. Yeah, I'd knocked have a, out. I'd have a tough time for two years, two first-round picks, a couple of seconds, a third, and a player. For two years? I don't know. I don't know about that. I, w- I don't know if I would. I, I don't understand where where the player came from. Like I've never seen. No, they'll be like a Draymond Jones will have to be traded. A guy, a guy who's cost control. Okay, Here, that makes sense. That one makes more sense. thing, we have that to get a break. Sense. What? Okay, so what are your draft picks? Two first, two first, two, three year deal. Yeah, yeah, three year deal. Three year. I'll at least give a two, two, uh, two first, two second, fifth, and a player. Jerry Judy. How about Pat Sertan? Oh. my in the West? No, I'm asking you. You can make that deal with Sertan. No, man, because you're not winning. So, so you don't want Aaron Rodgers oh, for three years God. over Pat Sertan? And we have to go up against Patrick Mahomes. It's not what I said. Oh. You don't want Aaron Rodgers because you can't give up Pat Sertan? I will say yes, but you better. <laughs> listen, listen. You better, you win, a Super better Bowl. win a Super Bowl, and you better use that cap space to get like five quarterbacks. Coming up after the break, I read something really interesting about the voting for the MVP for the Super Bowl. And this is so incredibly flawed that you can make the case Aaron Donald should have won it. Mm-hmm. I have no problems with Cooper Cup. But if the voting system in theory were different, Aaron Donald might have won the MVP. We'll tell you what that system is next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Justin Adams TV. Of course, Justin, uh, news and sports anchor over at CBS4. Also, my Twitter handle is at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Colorado Off-Road. They have all the major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. When you buy from Colorado Off-Road, they do other things, okay? They're going to install everything. Big box stores, they don't necessarily do that. But they're also going to help you find something aftermarket. And the big box stores absolutely will not do that because they want to sell you something brand new. Other thing I love about Jerry and Wendy, the owners of Colorado Off-Road, Jerry is from Littleton. He wanted to keep his business in Littleton, support local, support Colorado Off-Road, Colorado grown, Colorado owned, Colorado Off-Road. Upfit today, Colorado Off-Road. We're going to cooffroad.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. I think any reasonable person that watched the Super Bowl would have said, you could have made an argument for Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, and Mm -hmm. even Matthew Stafford to be the MVP. Yes. Very rarely, and again, I would need to go back and look at every Super Bowl, which I don't have the time to do, 
usually one guy completely stands out. Yes. But in this particular game on Sunday, Stafford, Cup, and Donald all had major impacts on the game. Yes, they did. I mean, you could make the case if the Bengals won the game, who would the MVP have been? I think it would have been Joe Burrow by default. Just like when Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl, his stat line was nothing special in the rain against the Bears. By default, he became the MVP. Sure. Okay, with that. So there are 16 media members that vote. They are anonymous. Quite frankly, I don't have a problem with it being anonymous. The biggest problem relates to the timing of the vote for the Super Bowl MVP. NFL does not wait until the game is over to ask for their ballots. One source with knowledge of the procedures told Pro Football Talk, and I talked to a guy actually today Mm -hmm. who actually did vote for the Super Bowl MVP, and he confirmed this. He said the NFL wants the votes or would like the votes before the two-minute warning, if possible. They would like it. They don't demand it, but they would like it with about five minutes to go in the game. They would prefer it. Okay? So, obviously, after Cup scored his second touchdown, you know, and that turned out to be the game winner, which came after the two-minute warning, he became the logical choice. However, however, if the ballots were turned in after the game, maybe it would have been Aaron Donald. One reason the NFL reportedly wants the ballots turned in before the game ends is because they want to know who won the award well before the Super Bowl trophy presentation. Let me just start with this. I'm guessing Roger Goodell and his staff are more than capable of counting the billions of dollars that the NFL rakes in. Are you suggesting to me that you need a half hour to tabulate 16 ballots. Are we not in the 21st century? Because I thought we were. Are, right. are we not in an era where you could go on social media and post something instantly? Right. Are we not in that? Are we not where you could send a text message, receive the text message, and right. go from there? Right. So then why do you need this long wait? Look, we're not back in 1995 where you need to write this down on a piece of paper, give it to somebody else who probably walks around in the press box. They take it. They tablet, they, you know, they, they go with the votes, count up the votes, they go from there. We're not in that era. You could do something immediately, literally instantaneously you could do something and find out what's going on. There's no reason that you need it at the two-minute warning. This should, A, not only happen after the game, but number two, and I thought of this as I was talking to my friend who has had a vote for the Super Bowl MVP, those ballots should not be given out to beat writers. Yes. Not one. And here's the reason why. I have nothing against beat writers. They are trying to hit a deadline. They are concentrating on the game, concentrating on finishing their story. They are not watching the game as closely as a radio guy like me, a television guy like you, because we're just going down to get post game. We are paying attention to the game. I'm not saying they can't pay attention to the game, but you're not paying attention as closely. I I have no idea if beat guys get a vote, but they shouldn't. Think about what they do then, right? You're already writing your story because especially today now, once the game ends, Boom, you need something immediately. Right? You send. have to hit send. So now you do that. Oh, by the way, you need to get sound. Your own sound, right? Like You could get sound from everybody, but you have to get your own sound, individual players, and then put that right back in the story. So you're pressing send. 
that you're heading down an elevator. Right. You're running out to the field. You're right. trying to get whoever player you can, get as much sound as you can. Then you go back. Maybe you go into the locker room or, well, you can't go to the locker room now, but now you go to um, where everybody else will assemble. And then you find them trying to get some sound. And then you head back up and finish writing your story. Want me to give you? Want me to give you a suggestion on who should vote for the MVP award? Who you got? Every single guy who is alive mm-hmm. that was just recently inducted into the Hall of Fame. That would be great. That would be great. How do you like that? I, I'm guessing they know something about football. I'm guessing more than a few of them have played in Super Bowls. They know what a Super Bowl MVP looks like unless they are trashed or just not paying attention because they're hobnobbing. Now, they may not want that type of responsibility. They may not. But as I was told with roughly five minutes, I don't want to use the word nudge. They're not nudging you like, come on, get it in. But they would prefer that be the case. You can make the case that if all the votes were tabulated, if all the votes were voted, if all the if all the ballots were filled out after the game, you can make the case that Aaron Donald may have won. And let's be very honest. There is something to be said to have it on your resume that you were a Super Bowl most valuable player. What is Chauncey Billups' greatest achievement in basketball? He was the NBA Finals MVP. There we go. That was it. That was it. That's it. And he deserved it, too. Right. Right? Uh, Von Miller, same way. Super Bowl 50. Actually, that's the way they introduce you. Super Bowl 50 MVP, right. Von Miller. Right. Aaron Donald. No, they'll go through all the different things that he has. But they'll say, hey, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 56 champion, Aaron Donald. But he will never have MVP. I know your age might play a role in what you're about to say, what you about to answer. If you could pick one defensive player for your team all time, would it be Lawrence Taylor, okay. Aaron Donald, or somebody else? Now, you know me, man. It got to be Dion, man. Oh, he never, he never tackles. I get it, but one side of the field shut off. You already know if you punt the ball to him, it's electric. It's no, no, a problem. No, 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 you can only talk about defense. I said defensive, oh, just defense, defense. defensive player. I'll ask you. I'll, you know, what? I'll go Lawrence Taylor. I'll go LT. He was way ahead of his time, and he dominated. He is the reason why left tackles get paid so much. He is the reason why tight ends usually. Usually is the main word. Never block it in or a linebacker on their own. He's the reason why. I would never take a cornerback, ever. I wouldn't even consider it. You know why? You could throw the other way. A, you can throw the other way, and and you and, it, and you don't cut off one half of the field. You cut off a third of the field. And if if you're not man to man, you're playing zone anyway. Right. Okay. Right. I'm speaking football to a football guy. Right. 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 So I, so I apologize. For no, that. I'm with you. I got you. Um, with that. You've had a lot of great corners who've never sniffed the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. <laughs> the great yeah, pass rushers, man. they go to Super Bowls. All the time. G- generally speaking. Reggie White. Right. So with that, if I had to pick it on a four-year stretch, I'm going to go off the board for 200, Alex. Mm-hmm. I'm going J.J. Watt. Really? A f- if I had to pick a four-year stretch. Okay, four-year. Okay, okay, okay. Four-year stretch. And not, not the one that we think of with all the injuries right now. Not the Correct. J.J. Watt with the give injuries. Me, give me a four-year stretch. I'll take J.J. Watt, but that's not what the question is. No, no, no. How, how about this? Give me 2011 through 2015, J.J. Watt. Are you look, Are you thinking about that? Well. Because he, he came in 2011, I believe, or yeah. 2012. What are the two? 
And he was a man from day one. He was a monster from day one. Made everything happen on the field. Well, let's put you, I mean, again, it's really going to be Donald or it's going to be Lawrence Taylor. For sure. But from 2012 to 2015, so that's four years, Mm -hmm. 20 sacks, 10 and a half, 20 and a half, 17 and a half, and I'm just getting warm. In order, 2012 going down to 2015, Force fumbles, four, 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 and three. Okay. Uh, what's FR again? Fumble recoveries. Fumble recoveries. Fumble recoveries. Two, two, five, and one. Thrown in interception. Tackles for losses, I can't even imagine. Right. STF is stuffs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 23, 15, 15, and 17. <laughs> it, it, to me... Those numbers are the equivalent, in some ways, of what Terrell Davis did over the course of three years. Yes. But if I had to pick overall, I'll take Aaron Donald all day. Because while Lawrence Taylor was a terror, it'd be inaccurate to call him a one-trick pony because his trick was maybe the best ever. He was... But... Was was did he get a ton of tackles? Did he get a lot of? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. When you talk about inside guys, you're not only. And by the way, think about this for JJ Watt. His tackles. You tell me. Yeah. Okay. Because you played football. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For a defensive tackle or defensive end, depending where they played him. Tell me if this is impressive for total tackles. 81, 80, 78, 76. Well, he had. What? In 2012, he had 81 tackles, 20 and a half sacks, forced four fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and his STF stuffs right. were 23. Let me, let me put this in perspective for people who are listening. The because, reason why... Because interior defensive linemen... They don't do that. No, they don't get those type of tackles. You know, you know what they do? They get double team, triple team, right. so that the line can go up to the linebackers. And right. go and block them. Right. But their job, for the most part, is to be a hole right there right. and to plug up what's happening up in the line. Right. That's what their job is. So to have somebody, right. an interior lineman, get 80 tackles. Now, remember, he didn't always play on the inside. No, but but I'm saying to, to even start at the inside and then go to the outside, that's just ridiculous. Right. Aaron Donald, tackles, total tackles, this was his best year. Okay. At 84. His next best year was 69. His next best year was 59. And for Aaron Donald, he never had a four-year stretch like J.J. Watt did. 20 and a half, 12 and a half, 13 and a half, 12 and a half. As far as forced fumbles, numbers are the same. Fumble recoveries, Watt is a little bit better. Stuffs, best years, 9, 12, 7, and 16. You know what, you know what this shows more than anything else, to be very honest? It just shows the importance that when you have a great player, especially on the defensive line, when you have a great player, you have to maximize that, man. you got to figure out a way how to maximize that. Yep. And I just think back to the Texans. Who did they have at quarterback during those years? Matt Schaub right. at the end of his time. And then you have a lot of these other quarterbacks that I can't name, right? Yep. So you have to make sure. It is, it is the organization's responsibility but you have greatness, especially on the line. I get what you're saying at cornerback. Because you can find cornerbacks who can shut down parts of the field or whatnot. 
But when you have somebody who is that great right. on a defensive line that close to the quarterback, right. you have got to figure out a way right. how to put an offense that is at least sufficient, good enough right. to get you far in the playoffs. And as far as tackles, by the way, back then for Lawrence Taylor, they didn't keep those stats. So we don't know how much. <laughs> Probably for good had. reason, because he was everywhere. But as far as sacks go, his sacks, his high water mark was 20 and a half. His next high water mark was 15 and a half, mm-hmm. then 15 as an outside rushing linebacker. For those four seasons, JJ Watt was better in three of them. You know what's interesting? And too? throwing all those tackles. The other part, too, that we forget, yeah, right? Then we got to go to break. Yeah. The other part that people forget, too, is when you have a guy like J.J. Watt in those years, you put him anywhere on the line to give you the best matchup for him to go. And not maybe not even sometimes the best matchup for him. Right. Because you can say, hey, we'll put you on the left side. You'll be double team. But that's going to single up somebody on the right side as well, which will give him an opportunity to get pressure on the quarterback as well. So when you have somebody on the defensive line that could go anywhere, it just makes everybody on that defense better. By the way, one more stat to blow your mind. I know we got to hit a break. Those years I told you about tackles, yeah. you want to hear solo tackles? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 69, 65, 59, and 57. For Aaron Donald, his high watermark was this year at 46. I'm sorry. His high watermark uh, was in 2015 at 43, then 38. It just shows how much injuries suck. Yep. Coming oh. up after the break. Let's talk about running backs for Super Bowl winning teams. You are not going to believe how incredibly irrelevant running backs are when it comes to winning the Super Bowl. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. SmileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Justin Adams TV at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. So an interesting graphic today looking at the running backs for Super Bowl winning teams since 2009. And not one of them had a base salary over $2.5 million. With that, Knowing this history, does it make sense to really spend any kind of decent money on Melvin Gordon when you already have Javante Williams? No, and I'll tell you what a scout told me before. The worst thing, one of the worst things you could ever do, unless if he's a unicorn, the worst things you could ever do is to spend money on a free agent running back. There's no reason why you should. You go right back into the draft and you find somebody else and you move on from there. Because the tread on the tires goes fast. Look what happened to see, uh, to uh, Christian McCaffrey. And look what's look, happening to him. And look what's happening with Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Giants have a decision to make about him. Yeah. No question. So, is it necessary to have a Derrick Henry? He hasn't gone to the, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. No, but unfortunately, your offense is, for them, their offense is predicated around him. Like, it's centered around him. It, what has it gotten him? Well, it's gotten him <laughs> knocked out in the second round. Right. That, that's it. It's got him knocked out in the second round. 
Now, and, granted, he, and, he wasn't full strength in this year's right, playoffs. But, but here's the thing, though. It got you to the point where you had the ball on third down and one and fourth down and one and couldn't get a yard. Right. Right. That's it. Yeah. There it is. I mean, it's just a reality. I mean, look at the Rams as an example. Just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Cam Akers makes $1.1 million base salary. Leonard Fournette, high draft pick, right? Right. Yep. Last year, the Buccaneers, $2 million. The Chiefs had Damian Williams. The Patriots the year before had Sony Michelle. LeGarrette Blunt back-to-back years. Right. But how about this? Even when you talk about the guy that made the most, this is leading rushers, okay? Leading rushers. Right. Percy Harvin, 2013. That's a wide receiver. Last time, last time I checked, he's a wide receiver. Right. So when you look at this list, it just shows you yet again two things. Number one, you're really riding with the hot hand. I think about C.J. Anderson right yep. there. Right. right. You're riding with the hot well, hand. You, you know what? They had to have a running back that year. Yes. Because right? well, Manning Boy, yes. But they needed that type of running back, though. Right. It's not just any running back. They right. needed somebody who was going to take 20, 25 carries right. and be able to uh, get some yards there. And that's what they had with C.J. Anderson. Danny, what do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? The Avalanche are in town tonight hosting the Dallas Stars, and they just beat the Dallas Stars a couple days ago. We'll take a look at that game, and also we'll talk about one of the matchups tonight on NBA on TNT between a couple of Western Conference teams. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Adams and Goodman on Mile High Sports. Dance for pro, I know, you know, I go psycho when my new joint hit. Just can't sit, gotta get jiggy with it. That's it, now honey, honey, come ride. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Justin Adams TV, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Well, the Avalanche have come out of the All-Star break firing on all cylinders. They've won two straight since they had a little bit of time off, and the Dallas Stars are in town tonight, taking on the Avs at 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time at Ball Arena. Now, on the Avalanche front, there is uh, we had the NBA trade deadline just pass. NHL trade deadline is coming up, and Claude Giroux of the Flyers has told GM Chuck Fletcher that Colorado is where he wants to go. That is according to Adrian Dater of Colorado Hockey Now. And uh, this will be a great pickup for the Colorado Avalanche. What do you guys think about Giroux saying that he wants to play in Colorado? Well, I don't blame him. He wants to win a cup. I mean, he went to the cup finals with Philadelphia, didn't win. The Blackhawks wound up winning that series. I remember when the Avalanche played San Jose in the playoffs. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great to have a guy like Joe Pavelski on the team? Yep. He is a younger version, not by many years, he's 34, a younger version of Joe Pavelski, playoff experience, deep playoff experience, um, longtime captain of the Mm -hmm. Flyers, one of the greatest Flyers players of all time. Him coming here, I'm not saying he's the equivalent, 
but it would be similar to Ray Bork coming here. Yes, it would. It'd be, be similar to Ray Bork coming here. He's a center. He's a right-handed shot. He'd be a great right-handed shot on the power play. Veteran leadership, the type of grit and experience that you would want for this team that just cannot get out of the second round. You know, it's interesting. I'm glad you say grit because that was the one thing that has been missing from the Avs in the last three years. It's one of the main reasons why they've been knocked out in the second round every year, especially last year when you look at what happened against uh, Vegas. You're up 2-0 in that series. You're up in Game Five. What well, I think you're winning? What two to two, what two to nothing or three to two one? Zip. One to two? Yeah, two, two zip. zip, right? Yep. And within three minutes, it's two two, right. and you lose that game, and then you obviously lose the series. Right. The biggest thing that the Avs missed last year, obviously number one, defenseman, they just weren't physical enough. But number two, what's Nazem Kadri was out because of that suspension. You didn't have that guy, right. that sitter in the second line to go and stabilize the team. They need somebody like this, and to have him would be great. A veteran oh. in the locker room yes. who has been to a Stanley Cup yes. final, longtime captain. It's not that Landeskog needs the help being the captain, but to have a guy like him in there, wow, that'd be fantastic. Stack the deck. Yep. That's really what it's all about. Stack the deck. Speaking of Kadri, when uh, the Avalanche met the media the other day, Kale McCarr had this to say about his teammate. He said, Nas is such a calm presence. He's always ready. You can throw him on the ice at any time of the day, and he's the same player. He's such a vital player for us, and he's been so good this year. Jared Bednar said he is a leader. He's got a big voice in our locker room. The guys look up to him. So would you say that Kadri is, without a doubt, the MVP of the Avs for the first half? No question. No question, because McKinnon hasn't played a lot. He hasn't put up big numbers. Uh, listen, you could always vote for Kale McCarr. Yeah, I was going to say that. You could always vote yeah, for Kale yeah, McCarr. Yeah. But what Kadri has done with the injuries to Landeskog, to Rantanen, to um, McKinnon, to McKinnon <laughs> yeah. he has helped pick up the offense, and this has been just a – it's been a career year for him. And you, you know – you, you can vote for Kale McCarr every year. You know the other reason why he's the MVP this year, too. <laughs> he's his contract year. He's trying to get paid, man. Right. He is trying to get paid. So he will be on his best behavior, and he will be play the best of the ice, too, because he's trying to get paid as well. Is there an unsung hero to this point in the season for the Avs who maybe hasn't gotten a lot of attention but has been a big part of them being one of the first teams or the first team in the NHL to 70 points? Some of their young guys who haven't played a lot. I mean, there are, there's probably a handful of guys that, that you can say – have played a role, no question. Kadri has been... Kadri's a huge reason why they're doing what they're doing. If they don't have Kadri, I'm not saying they're not good, but he has picked up the slack on offense for so many guys who have missed so many minutes. Yeah, I will go with Kadri as well. Um, and he's not a... And you said unsung, right? You can make the... Yes, key, and an all-star would generally not be. Darcy Kemper? I mean, I, I know it's not looking the best yeah. at goaltending. I get that, but... Somebody has to be there for you to win. Yeah, he did just shut just out saying. the uh, Dallas Stars back on Sunday when the Avs won 4 to nothing. Uh, just in case you missed it tonight on TNT, the number one Phoenix Suns hosting the number eight LA Clippers who just beat second place Golden State by 15 points last night, which is more impressive. The Suns' five-game lead atop the Western Conference or the Clippers being the current eight seed Two games ahead of the Lakers without Kawhi and with Paul George playing in less than half of LA's games this season. I'll go Suns. 
I'll go with the Suns because even though they got to the finals, everybody thought for some reason people were drinking the Kool-Aid, believing that the Lakers would be that team that would be right there neck and neck for the top spot, right? And then everybody looks at Phoenix and you have all offseason to break down this team and to figure out a way how to beat this team. Nobody has done it. Literally, nobody has done it so far. And they are running away with everything in the West right now. So I will go with Phoenix. If I would tell, if I would have told you before the start of the season that Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Eric Bledsoe, and Zubak would be the key guys for the Clippers, mm-hmm. maybe the AC. You would have told me what? You were crazy. Well, they're the AC. Yeah, those are no. those are the main guys. Yeah. So you'd say the Clippers the more impressive feat right now? I, I would, but because remember, Phoenix was really good last year too. But I'll, I'll take it a step further. Yeah. I was on this bandwagon. Maybe I was driving it. Phoenix, in my opinion, got a gift to the finals. A gift. No Anthony Davis. Yes. Okay. No yes. Jamal Murray. Yes. Uh, no Kawhi Leonard. Yes. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, let's see how good you are next year. Well, they've proven me wrong. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty so good. So I can argue either side. Is that it? I know we need to get out early. I didn't realize we had to get out this early. Well, you usually have some final remarks, and then uh, oh yeah, we'll well, it's get always to good to show. have final remarks. Did you did you enjoy your time working with Nolan, uh, punching all the right buttons on Mile High Sports? You know, I really appreciate it, man. You know, Nolan brought his baseball knowledge to the show. I really right. appreciate it. You know, right. but he has to be more firm. You got to be more firm, man. You got to put your foot down, okay? You he can't does. go. No, and trust just... me, he does. Well, trust me, he, does. he does. No, he does. Okay. You start talking baseball with him. You saw the way he came after me. Yeah. You know, it, it embarrassed me on the air talking about the American League East. I still think I would take the National League West, but, you know. Do you, do you think the lockout will end before spring training, where, where it's scheduled to start? I'm going to give you an answer that is, is going to make people cringe. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm tired of these guys. And I'll give you a response. It's always baseball. It's always baseball that has the problem. I'll give you a response, too. Amen. Yeah. Just to be honest. I know for Nolan who probably sleeps in that Cardinals hat, would be very disappointed, right? Got your Cardinals boxers on, right? Anyway. <laughs> Nolan, great job today. Danny, same same to you. Justin will do this tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. Make it the best possible night you can. But I know she's a loser. How did you know me and a crew used to do her?